This is a podcast from BFM 89.9, the business station. Shall we begin? Get here without things starting a long time ago. So two soldiers and a nurse found ourselves in Amsterdam. We formed a pact and we swore to protect each other. We find ourselves in a situation where we're accused of killing someone. Why would you possibly think that was us? Well, there's not too many people that fit the description of a doctor looking for his eye on the ground with his black attorney. BFM 89.9, you're listening to Popcorn Culture with Lynn, Sharmila and Arvin. And today, uh, in our second review of the week, we are talking about Amsterdam, which is newly out in cinemas. It was written and directed. We'll return to that shortly by David O. Russell. And I would start telling you about the cast list, but we'd be here forever. So um, <laughs> Christian Bale, Margot Robbie, John David Washington, Anya Taylor-Joy, Rami Malek, Robert De Niro, among others. Among others, yeah. It yeah, goes truly. On. Actually, in the cinemas, um, if you've seen the poster, it is actually just a list of people's names. <laughs> Have you seen that poster? It's yes. just like like the cast list. Anytime David O'Russell and Christian Bale do something together, I'm always super excited. Um, so I was very, very excited to watch this one. Which I think might have been a bit of the problem for me because I had like very high expectations. The things I wanted, which is the humor, the kind of offbeat like uh, beats of this film, I really enjoyed. Christian Bale was phenomenal. I kind of wish the story was better though. Oh, I I loved it. I loved like all of this movie. Uh, the story got me hooked. Like I I couldn't stop watching. Um, and then the characters lah. I mean, you you said he's good at getting like really good actors, but I think he's good at getting everyone to sign up for his movie. Like somehow <laughs> he just gives them like a name, and then like everyone in Hollywood just signs up. Hence the poster. Um, hence the poster. Um, I I love Christian Bale, so I was gonna watch this like either way. Um, but this is one of those movies that I think you don't have to watch in the cinema it's amazing to watch in the cinema it's very nice to watch it on the big screen but it's just one of those things that's not marketed as like a big summer blockbuster or big summer release so it could be a streaming service thing but that being said because of the the ridiculous star power and like a stacked cast that's here it's just nice watching it on the big screen for that for that weight you know that it has um which goes back to another thing i wanted to ask you guys like if you watched trailers or read anything about this movie before going in because I didn't like I didn't know anything about it Uh, I just read the synopsis um, and that's really it I knew that it was a caper-style murder mystery thing set in the 30s. I knew the cast list and that was it. I also think that that's probably one the, the better way to go into it yeah, I agree. Did anyone else think it was weird that they're playing this in IMAX here? Like, I didn't get it. Because I agree with you, Arvin, that I, I, I think you can perfectly watch this at home on streaming. Um, it's fine. So that was my uh, thing about watching it at home. Because I watched it in IMAX. Um, I think it looks really nice in IMAX. But at the same time, I was wondering, like, why is this an IMAX movie? Like, yeah. it's not a, why is this being shown on such a huge screen when it doesn't need it? But still, looks good. Like, looks amazing on it. So it is a beautiful film, I think. Um, 
my problems with the movie, actually, and the reason why I said at the start, written and directed by David O. Russell, because I don't have any issue with the direction. I think the direction is lovely. Um, the, the ways in which specific scenes are, are shot, the way in which some characters have this woozy quality to them um, at specific moments. I really enjoyed all of that. The The difference in tone between Amsterdam and New York, um, I also really like that. I think the writing, though, was a little bit uneven and um, and is where the movie kind of starts to come apart at the seams for me. So Amsterdam, how much do we say of the story? I think we can say that it's roughly about this conspiracy theory, secret conspiracy thing from the 30s, right? Okay, so it's about a secret conspiracy thingy from the 30s. Um, which <laughs> One that gets... you probably have not heard about unless you're a huge American history nerd. But it's relevant insofar, you need to know that it's in the 30s because it's between two world wars um, and it's kind of a result from one leading into the other. Um, but yeah, it's a conspiracy thingy that shows up because of the murder of a former general, which then brings in the characters that Christian Bale and John David Washington are playing and they in turn bring in the character played by Margot Robbie. Yes, and they all, the three of them basically end up being caught in this murder plot, being suspected of being the murderers themselves. And so this unfurls with them trying to find out what happened. La. That's that's really what it is. And honestly, I don't think you need to know too much more than that, even if you know nothing about this, this historical plot that this is loosely inspired by. Um, for me, honestly, even at the end, I was a little bit like, what did I just watch? Like, what actually happened? Um, but the proceedings are so much fun. Like, uh, the, the the things that happen, the way the characters react to each other, the, the way the characters are introduced to each other. There's so much, like, this kind of manic energy to this film that I kind of didn't mind. So, I, I can't give the movie credit for this. This is more about my obliviousness and, and ignorance for the whole thing. So I, I saw one poster. Uh, so I knew that Christian Bale was in it. I knew that uh, John David Washington was in it. And I knew that Margot Robbie was in it. Um, so my experience watching this was super heightened by just not knowing that it had a stacked cast. So every five minutes when when someone would show up, so uh, Remy Malik shows up, I'm like, oh my God, he's in it. And then Anya Taylor-Joy shows up. I'm like, I'm like, she's in it. And then Robert De Niro shows up. I'm like, Robert De Niro is in it? Like, what, what kind of movie is this? So I think um, the movie didn't do that on purpose. Uh, Chris Rock, another one, like Chris Rock shows up and I'm oh, like... Yes, oh, yes, that was a shock. I was like, like Chris Rock? Yeah, Chris and he Rock looks like he's performing this. a stand-up routine most of the time. All of the time. <laughs> um, Taylor Swift is in it. So it just for me, that, that experience of just seeing big names and famous faces show up, I think heightened it a lot. Um, again, not not the movies doing it. It didn't do any of that on purpose. Uh, but it's just like I'm starting to see a trend. Like the the less I know about the movie going in, the more I enjoy it coming out. Um, and I can't I can't say that about the movie itself because I know that it's getting bashed by critics um, and reviews and stuff, and and people are not not like jiving with this thing. Can Can I say though that just to build on Arvin's point? Yes, the movie's not doing it. But when I say the way characters are introduced, right? Actually, the movie makes a meal of each big name that's kind of introduced. They're introduced mm -hmm. in very particular ways, um, which I enjoyed a lot. Because as a movie fan, I think there's a lot of joy in that. Zoe Saldana, you're like, what? Yeah. 
for me, yeah. Robert De Niro was the what. I was like... <laughs> Rami Malek for me. I was <laughs> so, like, wait, you? Yeah, there's a few things. Um, the way that the camera lingers on Anya Taylor-Joy's face when she's first introduced, and I mean, she, her features have already been uh, kind of played up in a number of character, uh, in a number of films, uh, more often than not horror movies. This movie is not a horror movie, but her introduction is a horror movie character yeah. introduction, which I really liked. Um, I, I think that for me, the parts of the the film that really worked were the parts that were strangely enough the lightest. Um, I did not, I couldn't, um, I couldn't keep up with the mercurial tonal shifts that happened. So uh, one minute we're like crime caper, um, next minute we're like greatest war, facial disfigurement, and then the next minute it's like crime caper but with facial disfigurement. Next minute it's like really serious racial stuff and I couldn't keep up with it so in the end I just had to float along and enjoy what I enjoyed and kind of gloss past the stuff I didn't like so much you left out fascism sorry fascism (laughs) I counted that under my whole world war thing just sprinkled over a little bit no I agree actually for me that was probably the the challenge the whole what is this movie about like what did I take away from this Um, the plot is not cohesive. And I think the less you think about it and the more you just enjoy the the, the the craziness that's going on, perhaps is the way to go. So basically, go in knowing nothing and be okay if you emerge knowing nothing. That is so interesting because those that was my favorite, one of my favorite things about the movie, the, the weird vibe. Like it would jump from one thing to another thing. The whole thing's a dark comedy, right? So mm-hmm. I found it like, like slightly funny and, and the jokes landed almost all of the time, except for Chris Rock's jokes, ironically. <laughs> um, like he, I was like, no, I, I had no idea what he was trying to I do. I like, theory, he just filmed him separately and edited him in. Because all, all the shots are just him alone. Yeah. Just him, like in portrait With like mode. a CG background. Yeah, in portrait mode. <laughs> But yeah, I, I love the I love the what do you call it? Like the kinetic energy of the mm. movie or the non-decisive energy of the movie. I, 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 I ate it up. The first one was a compliment, the second one started sounding like not so much. <laughs> no, but I totally agree. I think that it's a dark comedy is the best way to describe it. It was funny most of the time. It was funny even when it was dark, I think, which is a a triumph of sorts. Um but yeah, when I say that I just went along with it, um I, I mean that in a neutral sense, you know, because I think that's the only way to watch this movie. If not, you're going to end up hating it. I understand why people hate it as well. Ah, no, there was a certain point where I was like, do I hate this movie? Like, is it starting to irritate me that it's not doing anything at all? Um, But I think it helped that I enjoyed Christian Bale so much. much. I think it helped Mm. that I enjoyed Margot Robbie so much that I was willing to forgive a lot of it. And I was just like, you don't have to think this is the best film ever, lah. But if you're not being bored, but bored by it, why not just like let it be and enjoy it? And that helped a lot. I, I also think that it helps that he doesn't like David Russell has a style, but he he makes movies sort of like you you tend to forget what his style is. So going into the next movie, you're kind of open to anything, and I think that helped a lot because we spoke about uh, Edgar Wright. Uh, recently right and then he has like a template and then you're expecting something so I wasn't expecting anything specific from uh, David O. Russell so anything that he threw my way I was like oh okay this is fun why not we're talking today about Amsterdam, uh, which is out in cinemas at the moment. Have you watched it? Are you planning to watch it? You can WhatsApp us 018-789-8899 and tweet us at BFM Radio. Brainy fancy material. BFM 89.9. Uh, yes, sir. So, well, I'm the doctor. She's the nurse. He's the attorney. 
We all met in Belgium, which, if you recall, is where we met for the first time. As well as Washington last summer at the BEF march. I'll tell you one thing that I can remember quite clearly. You, you sang a song. I'd like you to sing it now, then I'll know it's you. Sing a song. Did, did you ever see a dream? Dream. Walking. Walking. Well, I did. Yes. Did you ever hear, hear a dream? Right. Then, then I did. Oh, no, that's, that's not it. That's really not it. <laughs> Hello, everybody. But the actual song is great. It's wonderful. <laughs> um, you're listening to Popcorn Culture with Lynn Sharmalan Arvin, and together we're reviewing Amsterdam, which is an old-fashioned star-studded film um, made by David O. Russell, uh, written and directed by him, in fact, and starring, as you heard there, a few people, Christian Bale, Margot Robbie, John David Washington, Peter De Niro. So um, I want to talk about Christian Bale because without... I think I think I would have been faster to slip into irritation or into what the heck are you people trying to do um, if not for the fact that Christian Bale's performance is so whimsical without being annoying, so heartfelt without being morose, um, you know, kind of light and tenderly felt and just really wonderful. Like I fell so in love with Christian Bale. I really fell in love with Christian Bale as an actor watching this performance. So the movie opens with a shot of him, right? So you kind of know what you're going to get. And it's like this tight shot. And it immediately reminded me of... Um, no pants. Uh, no <laughs> pants, yes. Uh, it reminded me of American Hustle, which similarly starts with him doing this like gigantic comb-over. Uh, but the main difference is that in that movie, he's not particularly likable. I haven't seen Christian Bale be just sweet in... Ever, maybe. Not since like Little Women, perhaps. Um, because like, he's just so sweet in this film. He's such a nice guy. And I don't know, there's something really fun about watching him be this person. And everything he does just gives you joy. I, I love I love Christian Bale. Uh, I, I'll watch anything that he is in. Um, he's so magnetic most of the time. But like you said, we've never seen him play um, innocent and just like charming. Kind of silly. Kind of mm. silly and, and kind of down to earth because he's always very like his character is always very deep and painful and, and distressed. Um, I love watching this, all, all the mannerisms and the body language. Um, I also keep thinking like it would be so easy for Christian Bale to slip up and do a weird accent because that's not his accent. Uh, but but he what nails is it. though? Do what we know? His accent? What is his um, accent? He nails any accent all of the time, including his own. <laughs> this accent is really fun. Yeah. It, it's extremely fun yeah. because, um, and you also get to hear him play it up when he's like, I'm a mechanic's son, <laughs> you know, <laughs> when, when he does his opening introduction, uh, which he does all the time. Like, he, I, I think he just represents the film in a really interesting way because he's kind of the beating heart of the whole thing. And even the tonal shifts that we're talking about, a lot of them rest on Christian Bale's shoulders um, because he is simultaneously a returning scarred war hero. He has this incredibly fraught relationship with his terrible and terrifying wife. Oh my God. Probably one of the most toxic relationships I've seen on screen. And just, this isn't even a film about that. Just really, mm -hmm. really bad. Um, and then he's also kind of trying to he's he's bedraggled i i don't know there's a lot of stuff going on in the christian bale character that in some ways is a microcosm of the whole film and i think it's because i love the character so much that i was like this film's okay i would rewatch this and it's the the trio at the heart of it as well right because you have him and then you have john david washington and margot robbie who are lovers 
But then these three are also sort of a, a friend group. And so they refer to each other as the a, 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 you know, a trio. And I love that, the way they talk about each other, the obvious affection that they manage to uh, channel as this trio of people who are going through this weird these weird sequences of events. Um, I, I thought Margot Robbie also was really, really good in a, a kind of weird and offbeat role. Uh, John David Washington, not so much. Like he was fine, but really not the standout for me. You know, since we're talking about like Christian Bale, um, how did this get 33% on Rotten Tomatoes while Christian Bale's most recent film, uh, Thor Love and Thunder, has a 64%? <laughs> like that's just... <laughs> That's a bad case, right? Expectations, lah. Mm. I really think it's expectations. Exactly. So that those expectations, right? So do you look at a David or Russell movie and expect so much that anything they give you is bad? Or do you look at a superhero movie and go, oh, it's just like a summer blockbuster thing, you know, we don't expect much. And then if it does like the bare minimum, it gets a fresh. Because come on, like there's no way this has half the rating that Thor, Love and Thunder has. <laughs> Like, like, seriously. Ironically enough, Christian Bale was also the best part of that movie. This is true. Yeah. So the I mean, best part of any movie. <laughs> any movie. <laughs> so if there's anything to be said, there is at least that. Um, can I talk a little bit about how much I like the look of the film, though? Because I, I thought aesthetically it was really, really pleasing. And I think part of it is being in that, that historical era of the 30s, which means that you get the gowns and the suits and the styling and all the trappings of it. Uh, you also get to look at New York uh, in a very particular period of time. And I, I liked it. Um, the... Uh, my partner who I watched the film with referenced, what is that film with Bradley Cooper recently? We're really circling David O. Russell here. Um, Nightmare Alley. Oh. Um, and, and, you know, referenced also being mm-hmm. back in that particular time, that particular Art Deco era, which this reminded me of too. Oh, the movie looked great. It, You know, I don't know whether I'm remembering it wrong, but it feels like the whole movie was shot in sepia. Yeah, in gold light. Yeah, yes. right? Like everything is this beautiful like golden lighting, yeah, yeah. even when they're outdoors, indoors, whatever. Um, and it's a very warm, the, the film has a very warm feel to it, um, except when you're looking at Rami Malek and Anya Taylor-Joy who are like the couple from hell. Uh, but anyway. And Mike Myers as well, actually. Yes, and yeah. Michael Shannon who are also just, you know, a whole other thing. But the the film looks great and I think it also helps that there's a, there's a, there's a tendency for the film to to focus on characters who have very expressive faces, right? So you get these close-ups of Christian Bale, you get these close-ups of Margot Robbie, um, which really make you feel like you're sitting there with them. There's a there's a very warm and I'm going to borrow Arvind's word, cozy feel about the whole film. So um, my favorite thing, the moment uh, a movie has that golden light is when it forces everyone in it, like all the actors to also behave according to that golden light. You know what I mean? (laughs) So like if you're in a Wes Anderson movie, you have to behave like a Wes Anderson character. Like you can't play normal person anymore. Um, And the thing I love about movies like this is that it it gets all your favorite famous faces to do like quirky things and and wear like weird Everyone's moving in like silent movie timing, you know, Mm. like I love that. Yeah, silent movie timing, uh, they have like weird hairdos, they have to put on the costumes, they have to speak a certain way, behave a certain way, um, um, have chemistry a certain way. Um, and I love it because it, it kind of, you don't get that in a lot of other movies. And they have to pretend it's straight. That's the other thing. They have to pretend like this is what normal life is like while also playing in a in a dark comedy, which is just enjoyable. It's like all around, it's, it's so enjoyable watching them do that. Can I give a quick shout out to Andrea Riceborough? 
mm. who I thought was just amazing. Mm. Her role is like a five to ten minute at most, and yet she's is she? My goodness, I feel I feel like she was just a wait around Christian Bale all the time. <laughs> She was just there, not preparing dinner, you know, like like hot. Passive aggressive. Oh, she was tremendous. Like one look at her and you understand everything you need to know about their dynamic. And that is something like, like I really enjoyed her in, in so far as I hated her. You know, I came out of this film not particularly liking it very much. But somehow after talking about it with you guys, I feel like I've warmed up, warmed up to it a lot more. How, how does Mike Myers end up in a movie and do like five minutes and then steal like the five minutes that he's in? Because he didn't even do much. He didn't even do his Mike Myers thing. He was the most straight guy, ironically, in the whole thing. Um, and he stole it. Like he, I didn't he realize it. it was him because I was like, who's that guy doing the hopscotch thing? Then I was like, oh, wait, it's Mike Myers. No, it's Mike Myers. Yeah. Um, I was just like, oh, so this is, I mean, I had, I had a lot of thoughts, um, including, is this what? Austin Powers imagines going undercover to be British <laughs> intelligence would be like. Um, but yeah, I, I really enjoyed Mike Myers. You know, having finished talking about this, having concluded this review, I am entirely co-signing what Arvin started with, which is if you're going to watch it in the cinema, that's cool. It's nice. It's it's a beautiful movie to watch. Um, but it is a I think a great rewatch. Like I'm actually quite excited for it to hit TV so I can rewatch it. Oh, apparently now I am too. I, I actually think I would have enjoyed it more watching it at home. The The act of going to the cinema probably made me a little bit more irritable about it than if I could have just enjoyed it on my couch. Oh, I, I'm still going to recommend the cinema thing uh, if you can. But then if you can't, I think the aesthetics and the story and you know everything carries like translates perfectly onto small screen. It's a good movie. We've been talking about Amsterdam today. Let us know if you've watched it, if you plan to, if you liked it. You can WhatsApp us 018-789-8899 and of course tweet us at BFM Radio. You have been listening to a podcast from BFM 89.9, The Business Station. For more stories of the same kind, download the BFM app.